there are so many different things you can learn. And, and to me, it's almost impossible to, to read and not be better at your craft. I can't count the number of times that I've heard someone say, I wish I had more time to read. Of course, there are certain seasons of life that lend themselves to reading and others where it's more difficult. It's a slower, more involved form of education and entertainment. But at the end of the day, reading is like anything else. Whether you have time for it is determined by whether you choose to make time for it. This week's conversation is about the value of reading to hone your craft and improve at your work. Welcome to Work is Good, a podcast where we aim to help people enjoy and excel at their work. We do this by having conversations about the beliefs, qualities, and habits that make that possible. We also start every episode with a brief housing market update and a mortgage question of the week. My name is Landon Buto with Cleveland Street Mortgage, and I host this show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. Please enjoy this week's episode. All right, Dad, we are going to talk this week a little bit about the question of reading and whether you should be reading in order to hone your craft, whether you should be making that a priority. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people feel that sense of priority. I feel that sense, that obligation that it should be a priority, but I'm not sure how much. And I don't really make it a priority right now. So we're going to get into that a little bit, reading specifically over other forms of learning. But do you want to start with your market update for the week? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, actually, several several important things to note. There's a real sort of confluence of of changes in the market that are happening. Maybe not necessarily, you know, all of them are big changes. But number one, just in the real estate market, um, I dropped in an open house that was just, you know, half a block away from my house this weekend on Sunday afternoon. It had been going, you know, most of Sunday afternoon. I dropped in at 4.30. And the realtor had had 35 separate groups through the house that day. Um, so, you know, my point there is that you know, the death of the real estate market has been greatly exaggerated. You know, yeah. It's still a matter of you know, pricing right, get the home in the right place. And, this, and he wasn't giving this home away. Right. He just priced it well, and he got a ton of interest. And by the weekend, the house was pending. He said he had five offers. I called him up and talked oh. to him afterwards. So so just be aware of that. On, on the You know, on the flip side, there still are a lot of houses out there that aren't priced right. And yeah. so there is an opportunity for buyers, too, to go out there and find price, you know, find, find houses that are sitting, that are ready to reprice, yeah. um, that are willing to negotiate. So um, yeah. on the interest rate side, rates have come down. Um, they, uh, you know, the, the CPI, the, the inflation indicators that came out this week were favorable. They were... Um, um, lower than anticipated than the market was anticipated and the market was already anticipating they would be okay and they were even lower than that and so that's continued to give um, the the bond market strength and and uh, interest rates have come down you know so so great. just be aware of that great okay great and I'll give you a quick mortgage question we talked about this a little bit uh, last week with a scenario that someone was asking about where I'll, I'll give the exact scenario this person wanted to buy a a house for uh, they're looking generally nine hundred thousand dollars kind of the price range they were looking at and they wanted to this person in particular wanted to bring 
most of the cash to the table, but she also wanted to combine cash with her mom. And she and her mom were going to bring cash to the table. Her mom didn't need to be on the title. Her mom didn't need to be on the deed. Um, so her mom was just giving giving the cash to, to get the house and be in the house, but she didn't need to be on the deed. The, this, this person wanted to be on the deed, and then she also wanted her brother to be on the mortgage as well. And then her brother would be the one actually paying the mortgage, being on the mortgage. And she was wondering if that's possible. My question is, is that possible? Is that a possible scenario? And what are reasons to do it or not do it or do it differently? Yeah, so, you know, that's a fairly unique situation where you have, you know, uh, one individual. They're all family members. Mm -hmm. um, one individual, the mom is contributing a lot of cash but doesn't care about ownership. So they're not going to be entitled, and they're not also going to be on the loan. Um, the brother is going to be the one paying the mortgage, and presumably he'll be entitled as well. He'll be yes, entitled yeah, yeah. along with the sister, this, yeah. with, with the sister. So the brother and sister, but the brother is going to be the only one on the loan. Is that, right. is that the Correct. situation? Correct. Yeah, and that's absolutely fine. You can have multiple parties on title. Um, so the mother's interest would be treated as a gift because she's not on title, because she's not on title. And even if she were on title but not on the loan, technically she would still be treated as a gift. Her contribution would be treated as a gift. So if they sell the house eventually, then she can have no legal claim to any of the, any of the sale money. Well, I mean, I'm not an attorney, but if she's not in title... Yeah. Then, you know, yeah, if she gave a gift to a her gift. kids, yeah. yeah, yeah, then that's a gift. And as far as I know, you know, if she's not entitled, she'd have so no claim have to, to be ownership. technically okay with, you know, you, you, uh, barring a, a good family agreement and situation, you're not going to get that money back legally. Right. You know, you're not entitled to that money back. Right. If yeah. you're saying it's a gift. Right. So yeah. that's a gift. Um, but, but then the brother and sister can be untitled. Just, you know, you can have multiple people untitled. They don't both have to be on the loan. Um, that's fine. We do that all the time. We do it a lot of times with spouses. Hmm. Um, and so the, um, but again, the, if in this case, the sister who is on title, but not on the loan and not contributing cash or a lot, of, is she contributing cash? Yes. She's contributing yeah. cash. And so if she's not on the loan, then her, cash contribution would also be considered a gift. And so, you know, so you would just have to be aware okay. of that. You know, t you know, there, there are technicalities associated with now. So she would still be on the title. She would be on title. And that's where there are differences between what underwriting deems to be the case and what the legal realities are, hmm. right? Because she's obviously not giving a gift when she's putting cash in to buy the place and they're having some shared ownership. Um, and so it's it's not cer certainly a gift in the classic sense of the word, but from an underwriting standpoint, they would treat it as a gift. And the only relevance to that is, you know, they would have to make sure, is is she a, an acceptable donor? It has to be a family member. That check, that works. You know, does the program allow for gifts? Well, by and large, virtually all programs are going to allow for gifts. Um, you know, there are some programs that require the borrower to have some percentage of their own funds, but in this case, they're putting so much down that 100% gift would be fine. Hmm. So that's you know that's a kind of an unusual situation, yeah, but it sure. should work fine. But yeah, and you can make some implications from that to slightly different situations right. there. But great. Okay. Well, let yeah, let's move on to our work topic for the week, which, as I mentioned, is reading 
And the, yeah, the question for me, I come in kind of, I, I, I have a book on my desk over here that you bought for me, YouTube Secrets uh, that we discovered. It seems like a great book. I'm probably halfway through it, so I, I'm reading through it a little bit, but I, I haven't made it uh, a regular routine. And, and that's, you know, reading in general, you know, we both come from kind of a background where, and context where reading in general, we believe to be a really good thing. And, uh, and uniquely compared to other forms of learning. And so my question is, you know, should I be working harder to make reading a regular part of my work routine as I to, to um, learn new things about to, to home my craft? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of kind of where I come from. You know, I I haven't made time for it. I, I don't like when. I hear people say, I don't have time for reading, which is, you know, it's probably the same, same with anything. It's, but you hear it a lot with reading. And, you know, it's just a question of whether you're making time for reading. Right. Um, but I think specifically with work, when you're, you're wanting to read on, on topics that help you develop your trade and improve in, in what you're doing, um, it does take, it does take making time for that, planning time for that. In a sense, you know, you might be drawn to it naturally in some ways. But um, that's kind of the, the the situation I come from. I don't know how much you is it is it a part of your regular routine? Is it part? Is it on your schedule regularly? Reading for work specifically, or um, more and more so. Um, and and I and I, you know you I know you you know specifically said reading. I I think that. You know, reading can take you know, various forms. You know, they, they, they can take. You know, obviously, there's reading the book. Um, you know, just reading an actual book, which is, you know, of course, a classic meaning of, of that word. Um, and then, you know, of course, a lot of people listen to audio books. Um, yeah. And and I personally, I I learn better now. Some of this has to do with learning styles, right? I sure. I personally learn better when I'm able to hold a book in my hand and and consume it at the pace you know that that I am comprehending you know so I'll read through and then if something if I want to ponder something for a minute I can pause I can go back and revisit it can't really do that with audiobooks um, but at the same time you know you can people have commutes people have different kind of downtime where they can consume material that they would otherwise not have access to or have time for um, by audiobooks. So I think audiobooks are okay. And then I think podcasts are another way. And that's one thing I think you do a lot of where, you know, you're saying, yeah, you know, we got this book and I haven't, haven't really made the time to get through it as fast as, as I certainly could have. Um, but you, you listen to a lot of podcasts and you've learned a lot and you've brought that to the table. So I do think there's a, there, there's a little bit of, of, um, similarity in all of Definitely. those things, you know, yeah. in terms of what they bring. Um, but uh, but reading itself, I you know I mean yeah you know the question do I read I read a, a a lot right but do I read a ton of business books That's what I've had to kind of force myself to do better and you know there's there's a couple of you know kind of little catchy phrases you know you've probably heard you know readers are leaders right readers are leaders or learners are earners you know and and I think both of those are really true mm-hmm. and really. Um, important reasons if you want to get good at your craft and it depends kind of what your craft is but almost whatever you do 
with the way that that media gets shared these days, there there's a bunch of material out there to make you better at it, and 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 in very consumable bites. Yeah. You know, it's not like you have to bite off. Okay, I'm going to take on this 20-hour project to get better at my craft. You can, you can. You can take a one-hour bite and probably meaningful improve your craft. Right. Yeah. I kind of kind of unrelated note, sort of related. I saw, I was looking through uh, on a podcast. I heard a recommendation as far as building, you know, just staying, staying on top of the online developments, you know, digital developments, and the recommendation was to go on the app. Apple uh, on the App Store, you know, once a week or every day or something, and see what the top twenty apps were, so that you're not just hearing about it, you know, after it's started to move, that you're you're seeing it firsthand where where the attention is going. And so I was doing that, and one which I haven't done, I think I did it once and and discovered a couple apps, but and one of the apps I saw, I can't remember what the name was, because. I wasn't interested in paying for the subscription, and but there was a little free trial, so I I looked into it, and it it was one of the top apps on there. So I'm sure you know some listeners know what it what it is, but basically it was this concept of condensing, you know, books chapters into little thirty second thirty second bites with um, with the. Uh, they they don't have every book on there because they actually do the work of condensing it, and I think there's a part. I don't know how it all works. I think there's a partnership with, with, the actual authors. You know, Audible think, or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. think you can't just grab it. Um, but, um, that that came to mind. I I and, you know, it, it takes the, it takes the raw information and and the the core lesson. I don't think it completely replaces it. Sure. You know, to your point of, you know, maximizing your time and figuring out ways to do it. I do think there's something unique about reading in the sense that audiobooks and podcasts, I can I the reason I do them is because I can do them while I'm doing something else. Right. Which is valuable. But I do think reading like you cannot you almost literally cannot do anything else while you're reading. And I think that is a con, but I think it's also a pro, and it, it really makes you engage with what you're, what you're consuming. Well, you do know that your your sister used to listen to a book and read a book at the same time, a different yeah, book. I'm skeptical. She's pretty, uh, pretty unique, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. I mean, skeptical or no, she did it. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. witnessed it. Yeah. Um, you know how much of that got in. Um, and not yeah. for the first no, time. I think I, that's that's something where you have to. That's that's when you're rereading, you know, both both of those. Yeah. You know, it's not sure. the first time through. But sure. yeah, yeah, your your point is well taken. I and I, I full I fully agree. You know that yeah. that um, just sitting down with a book is it, it does it requires you know 100 percent of your attention, um, and you know you you know uh, now I you know, I can read for example on a on a um, stationary bike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the, the, there is still some opportunities for multitasking where your brain yeah. is not occupied in in the other activity. Yeah. Um, very very limited. Yeah. Uh, I, I think because yeah you have to have zero brain and eye involvement in the other yeah. activity. Yeah. So 
Uh, yeah, um, stationary bike. Very limited. But yes, they're they're out there. I do um, think about my sweat from time to time dripping down on the pages. But you know, yeah. other than that, they're always sticky. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I like to see you in a sweatband. Yeah. There. Um. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a. It's not a. You. Unique in the sense that nothing else could re- replace some of the functions of it, but it is unique in in the way you consume it and I think the value that it brings. Um, so I think, I mean, reading as a, as a habit in general it is almost a necessary, is a necessary habit to form in general in life, I think. And I think if you form that habit, it's going to pretty naturally translate to your work. Um, but to the question of, you know, should you be, should you be carving time for it? Should you feel an obligation? Do, should you see the extra, you know, or can it be replaced by something, something else? I think it's somewhere in the middle is kind of what, what we're getting at of. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't think of it in terms of obligation. Um, opportunity but yeah maybe. yeah i yeah. think more of more of opportunity and just how much do you want to grow you know how you know that, that that's to, that's to me I, I see it as opportunity you know because obligation i don't know I, I just can't it's hard for me to think of it in that context um you know that you know your employer or maybe you're self-employed you know and yeah. so so it's just if you, you think mean, about it from, i i think about it some things that way because i you know Kind of a, a stewardship perspective yeah. of if you have an opportunity in certain things, it, it a lot of times it becomes an obligation. They're they're not a equivalent. Yeah, but, but then you have priorities, right? You know, yeah, so then yeah. it's like okay, yeah. I got other Absolutely. things I could read about Absolutely. besides business books. Right. You know, and so yeah, so I just think yeah. I, I think it's an enormous opportunity. Yeah, and I, and I and I think these maxims are true. You know, readers are leaders. I yeah. I, I absolutely believe that. You know, and because there are so many aspects of leadership, for example, that are are really are reducible to concepts, principles, examples, you know, that, that can be taught through books, that you can learn through books. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are very fortunate to grow up in an environment where that's, you know, just sort of part of the atmosphere that they breathe. That's great. And even then, there's tons more that they can learn. But a lot of people don't, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so much... I think one of the things I I realized is when I stood because I I never grew up in that environment and I don't think I of I, I don't reading think I, or the of the, kind of of the lead, leadership kind yeah I don't yeah. think I even raised you guys in that context it was just kind of do your thing and try and be faithful and um, but but not really thinking intentionally about developing leadership and and there's so much low hanging fruit you know when you know for the vast majority of people when you start to you, you, you grab a book on leadership, for example, and, and you, you start to read things and you go, man, I never really thought of that, but that's mm-hmm. really powerful. Um, and it's fairly simple. You know, it doesn't mean we'll all be great at it. Yeah. But it's powerful to think, oh, I need to be thinking about that and I need to get better at doing those things. And so I think there's so much you can learn and, and leadership isn't necessarily formal. You know, there's formal leadership. And then there's, you know, all of us are informal leaders in one way or another. And when that comes down to influence, you know, mm-hmm. a leader is an influencer. And all of us have opportunities to influence others in ways that benefit them and benefit ourselves. And so I think that, you know, there's leadership, there's motivational 
you know, there, there's, there, there are a ton of books out there on, on motivational aspects of whatever you're wanting to be motivated about, you know, or how to be a better salesperson, how to, how to, you know, how to do the, you know, do the blocking and tackling of whatever business you're in every day to make sure that, that you're going to produce good results. Mm-hmm. And then there's technical. You know, there, there's the technical elements. You know, there, for us, it's product knowledge. You know, we're learning different products. We're learning different underwriting things. We're learning different sales tactics. You know, and, and so there, there's so many different things you can learn. And and to me, it's almost impossible to to read and not be better at your craft. Mm. You know, um, and so yeah, yeah I, I think it's uh, you know your word. I think opportunity is is the right word for that. Yeah, yeah, and I think one other note on you know getting yourself to take that opportunity is because that's what you know i every time i see that that the copy of that book over there i have a sense of oh i should be reading that you know but and and so i'm aware that there's an opportunity and that it's a good thing and that i gain value every time i read it but it's also a a am i gonna make the time for it and i think we've touched on habits before. I think habit is really powerful in terms of reading. And I think you can build habit by doing it in small amounts too. By, you know, no, I don't have time to sit down and read for 15 minutes right now. Uh, it could be five minutes and I think you can still get value. And, and it depends on the book. And, you know, you might need a, a larger chunk for certain books. Or, right. But uh, as a as majority, if you can do it, it, you you can do it in small amounts, and as long as you stay consistent. Um, if you read for five minutes one day and then you w- waited a week to read again, then that five minutes n- might not be super valuable. But if you if you read for five minutes one day and then you read again for five minutes the next day, then I think that five minutes is still is still valuable. Um, Have you read? Speaking of atomic habits, atomic habits. I have not. I have it on the books. Um, And 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 the other thing too is, I mean, you mentioned you you can you look at that book and you feel an obligation, and 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 I mean, part of it is. So I would ask you: Are there any books that you've read, business books, in let's say the last six months that you didn't need the sense of obligation to jump into it? Like you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I I'm at a point right now where where I'm really ex- excited about what we're doing and about you know I I enjoy thinking about work and my yeah. free time and and part of that part of what I've I've kind of caught the entrepreneurial fever and um, so I get I, I get excited about trying to grow our company. And I enjoy thinking about that in my free time. So, any you know anything related to something I think is going to do that. So, YouTube Secrets is about YouTube specifically, but I think YouTube is a, a key piece of what we're doing here right. at Cleveland Street. And so, I get excited about that, and I haven't needed you know the the it, it doesn't take discipline; it just takes. Uh, honestly, it takes. The, the the difference between before this podcast when I wanted to read it but didn't and hopefully after it is the reminder of doesn't have to be 15 minutes. Um, so t- 
to answer your question, yes, I, uh, there there are books like plenty. Most business books that I read right now, I get excited about. It's just remembering it's worth it, and it doesn't have to be even fifteen thirty minutes. It can be five ten. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Are are there some for you that you that you've picked up, or there have been uh, along the way? I'm sure. Yeah, there have been along the way. Most of them are the more kind of the more um, motivational um, books uh, uh, but some of them are, are are kind of more on the the philosophical maybe or, or strategic sometimes uh, I, I remember I read a book called the compound effect mm-hmm. um, many years ago and 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 it sort of builds on what you just said about habits you know it, it was just the idea that Doing little things consistently over time compounds those, you know, mm-hmm. the the uh, the impact of those things that you do, and and you know the and that was a that was a super helpful book for me. It was interesting. The illustration you used was, you know, uh, there was a you know, woman that I was working with was super overweight and couldn't walk, you know, down the driveway and back. You know, it was just and 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 basically. Asked her, okay, well, can you walk halfway down and back? Yeah, you know, so do that. You know, this week, walk halfway down and back, and then go all the way down and back, and then, you know, and it was that, and eventually she was running marathons. You mm. know, and this was, you know, purportedly a true story of a of a real person's experience, and but but the idea behind it was really powerful. You know, to me is is just the idea that, you know, you you can do these little things consistently over time and the impact really is does become magnified you know it compounds as you do them consistently you know the and and um and what seemed unthinkable you know a little time ago is is now actually happening and you're moving on to the next thing so so i i think a habit you know when when you bring up habits and i've started to read atomic habits and and um and since you've brought that into the conversation about reading specifically um i think i'm going to try some of those principles um, that that he brings up in that book um, to establish a more consistent business mm. reading. Um, mm. You know, start to okay. I, I want to create a habit of reading business books consistently. Right. And yeah. and so and and there are some very practical things in that book to do. So yeah. Great. Well, uh, you you kind of already we've all. We've mentioned a couple different books, but since we're talking about reading, and we like reading, uh, I'm going to conclude here with two things. One is a book recommendation from each of us, and two is just an, uh, a single takeaway, um, which may have been something we've each already said, but just one final, final takeaway that we're going to walk away from here with. So what is your book recommendation for today? So, so what I'm reading... Um Right now is um, Atomic Habits. I'm in the um, you know and and as with any book, you know that the, there there are philosophies that undergird um, you know psychology and uh, you know and, and you don't have to agree with everything you know which which I generally don't you know yeah. I don't I don't always agree with everything, um, but there are there are truths. And contain their then they're they're very you know that are accurate observations of human nature you know mm-hmm. and and I think that's really what the power of that book is is there are some very useful truths about human nature and how to get yourself into the habit of doing something that you want to do but you're not 
just naturally motivated to do enough to where it, it hasn't become a habit. Um, and so, um, so that's, that's a book that I, um, I would recommend, and I'm going to apply that recommendation to myself. I am applying it to myself. Yeah, that's great. Well, this is, my, my recommendation is somewhat related and somewhat not. It is uh, Pep Confidential. I think you've read it. I no, I haven't. I, I've seen it on your bookshelf. Okay. It's, uh. it's, it's not, I, I don't, it's been a while. You should tell people what it's about. Yeah, I, I will. Okay. Yeah, I, it's been a while, but I don't remember it being like the best writing. Um, but it was kind of a, do- a, a book documentary, basically, on Pep Guardiola, who is arguably the greatest soccer coach coaching right now. Um, and coaches for Manchester City in England. And he, what, what, what stuck out to me, what was really interesting to me, which is somewhat related to today, is just kind of his, his, uh, drive. And that's, that's kind of what, you know, and he's on a different level of how obsessed he is with what he's doing and how much of his life it is and, and I don't want that to be what my my situation, and right. and you know that's that's it's a, it can become a a bad thing to the degree that it becomes everything, you know. But it's really impressive to see how driven he is, and um, and the way he thinks about the game itself of soccer. Because you think about ah, oh, he's you know he's he's got to be the greatest leader in the world because he's a he's a coach and. Coach is one of the greatest teams and has had so much success, and he, he obviously is. But it's also really impressive to me just how obsessed with the tech, with the the technical level of it all. Um, and I think there's there's more room to grow in that, and there's a lot of value in that in any profession than sometimes we realize that that the value of being obsessed with the tech technical aspects of what you do can have a huge huge impact it's a good book yeah good book um final takeaway from you this has been good just uh this is motivating me just to 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 ponder the value of reading you know that it really needs no defense you know it's it's self-evident yeah um and so just to talk about it is motivating me to you know to again to to really seek to Build the habits, um, and specifically business books. Because I, I love reading. I like mm-hmm. you know I read, I read spiritual books. I, I, yeah, I read my Bible, and then I just like fun classics. Right. You know um, stories. You know good stories. Uh, I, I love reading. You know, right. and and so I don't have a problem with that, but I do have a problem with being disciplined about you know business, business books. And yeah. So this is encouraging. Yeah, and along along with that, it's. I think combine it with that, my takeaway is five minutes. You know, just come in and, and be okay with, with five minutes yeah. of reading, not finishing a chapter. Maybe a practical practical necessity you're going to have to do is keep a paper, paper clip on hand instead of just remembering where you are. Because sometimes that's why I have to read longer than I know I should be. And then the next time I'm like, no, I can't read that long. So practical step. Keep something on hand to mark your spot and uh, and read in five minutes. Form a habit and uh, 
make it a regular part of what you do. That's my takeaway. Thanks for listening to Work Is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it, leave a review, and listen next week.